some of you are aware of this, uh, but uh, maybe not all of you are. Uh, but the week after Easter, Brenda and I got to um, check a big item off of our bucket list. Can we have just a little more? Oh, there they are. Okay, good deal. So <laughs> having a hard time seeing everybody. We got to check a big item off of a bucket list. It's been on our list for nine years, actually. A little dream that we had that at some point we would take each of our grandchildren on a trip of their choosing when they graduate from high school. Well, our oldest is getting ready to graduate in a few days here in Fredericktown. And so the week after Easter, we took Emma to her choice, which was Paris for a week. I know, I know, that's pretty crazy. And it is pretty crazy, but we've been preparing for it for a long time. And it really was a dream come true to be in one of our favorite places and to be able to see it all through her eyes. And so just a few of the pictures, like thousand pictures that we took in a week, right? Um, that you see here on the screen. We had uh, so many memories that we got to make together that uh, I think we'll, I, I know they're going to stick with us for a lifetime. We, we hope they stick with her for a lifetime as well. But uh, the big part of it, and there's several reasons why we want to do this. It's not just an idea of, oh, let's do something like really cool. You know, it was, we actually have reasons for doing this. And uh, it was pretty cool that over the course of that week, every single one of those things that I had identified that I hoped could happen, they all happened. And uh, part of it is simply sharing something you love with somebody you love, right? It was simply us being able to give Emma a little experience that we, we've come to enjoy, and being able to see the world uh, that God made uh, is, a, is a beautiful thing. I think something else that happens when we, when we see the world is we have a new appreciation for God's creation, right? You know, you go to the beach, or you go to the mountains, or you just go to the next county over and see something you haven't seen before. You're like, wow, he's the God we just sang about. He's a good God. He's a kind God. He's an amazing creator, you know? I also love that when I meet people, especially from another culture, uh, there's some things that we learn about people. First of all, in some ways, people are always the same no matter where you meet them, right? We're all just humans. And then there's the flip side of that, which all those humans do live in different cultures and have different backgrounds and their peoples have different history, and you learn to appreciate those. And I love walking around a, a new place and just thinking to myself with everybody that I see, God loves that person and that person and that person and that person, and he loves all of them just as much as he loves me. Amen? And sometimes you forget that when you're just kind of hanging out in your own little corner, you know? And so uh, we got to do all of those things and more, which was really, really uh, special. And uh, it'll be fun as each of our next grandkids grows up. We had nine years to get ready for this trip. We only got three years to get ready for the next one because Miley's coming on hot and heavy on Emma's heels here. So we'll, uh, we'll hopefully be able to make all of that happen for each one of them if we stay healthy enough uh, long enough. But um, it really kind of sets up the good news that I want to share with you today on this Mother's Day. We all pass on something we love to someone we love. Nothing is more important for us to give to the next generation than an understanding of who God is and how God loves. Since it's the love of God that holds everyone and everything together, if we fail at this task, we fail at what matters most. I want to talk about that for just a few moments. Paris is beautiful. It's obviously known as one of the most beautiful cities in the world. And as fun as that week was, and I hope the memories last a lifetime, I'm quite aware that there is nothing more important that we could give to Emma or each of our grandchildren than for them to understand who God is and how God loves. Amen? I want to give the gift of faith to them more than anything else. Part of our trip was about being able to hand that off in a context in which it just couldn't be missed. Here's the reality we live in today, 21st century United States of America. 
There are more things competing for our time and energy and money and attention than probably ever in the history of humankind. And I, I'm going to name a risk today that I'm concerned about. I think many of us in this room are concerned about this. The risk is we will give our kids all kinds of amazing things most children have never had in history. And we will not give them the one thing that matters most. You think that's possible? That we're giving them so much, we forget to prioritize the one thing that matters most. Psalm 78 says, God commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. You notice four generations there? Ancestors will teach their children, who will teach their children that haven't even been born yet, who will in turn teach their children. This whole idea of faith is designed to travel through families or for, through relationships from one person to the next person. And here's the risk that God tells us in Hosea. There are true consequences when we don't get this job done. My people are being destroyed because they don't what? Yeah. What kind of God would we want our children to know? What is it we'd want them to understand about the God we were just singing about and to a few moments ago? Um, Maybe you've never seen it this way before, but there are some clues hanging out in the familiar words of that prayer that we just pray together. Now, the Lord's Prayer is part of the Sermon on the Mount, and we've been doing a big deep dive on that for months now, and we're not at that point in the sermon yet. We're going to get there this fall, and we're going to come back, and we're going to take several Sundays just to deal with this prayer, and there's so much good stuff in there. It's, it's going to be eye-opening for us this fall. But what I thought I would do today is leap forward to the prayer and show you some things that I think that Jesus want us, wants us to know about God. And I think if we could be sure that this is the God that our kids know, it would be a job well done. First of all, you notice how we begin the prayer. Our Father in heaven, right? Say that with me. Yeah. I think the first thing we know about God is he wants a relationship with us. This is a relational God. He is a Father God. Um, here's another risk in our world. <laughs> because our kids have so much to consume these days, they have so many opportunities to learn how to be insecure because kids from the earliest ages figure out how to compare themselves with everybody else, don't they? Talk about pressure. I don't know if children have ever had as much pressure in terms of their, now they compare grades and clothes and hair and parents and athletic ability and achievements and vacations and on and on and on and on, you know? So, and, and we all know about it because we have social media. So we don't, we don't get away from it ever. You know, we wake up to it every day. We go to bed to it every night. You talk about an opportunity for so much insecurity. If there's something that kids need as badly as they've ever needed it, friends, they need to know there is a God in heaven who loves you unconditionally. Amen? You are his much-loved child. God is our father. And knowing that, just starting there, knowing that, my goodness, that's a tremendous leap forward, and every kid needs us to pass that on. Here's another thing in the prayer. Jesus tells us this is a God who wants us to know him by name. He gives us his name. Hallowed be your name. Yeah. See, when you know the name of God, you know the character of God. Uh, we see so many names of God throughout Scripture. Uh, Jehovah Shalom, God is my peace. Jehovah Jireh, God is my provider. I love that John, 
in the New Testament just gives us one little word that sums God up. God is love. When you know that God is love, when you know that God is our peace, that God is our provider, it tells us so much about this God who is my father, who wants us to know him. He gives us his name and he asks us to call him by name. When I trust my father, it changes everything about my own safety and security in that love. Here's something else. God has a dream and a destiny for us. Every kid needs to know that. When children learn your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it reminds us that no matter how life may be falling apart, God is committed to putting it together. Eventually, he's going to put it all back together the way it was always intended to go together, and that we're all caught up in that right now. Something good and beautiful and true and just is getting created in this world at this moment in real time through God's people. I don't, I, I don't think I can state how important it is for our children and grandchildren to know that their stories are caught up in one big story, that whatever the dreams are that they have for their lives or we have for them, all of those are caught up in God's big dream. Amen? What an important thing for them to know. We just sang about this a moment ago, <laughs> that God meets our needs. This is a God who meets our needs. What a good God he must be to give us today our daily bread. When we raised kids, it's, it's one of the things I noticed about our trip with Emma. I just watched, I saw her not as my oldest granddaughter. As the week went on, I more and more saw her as an incredible young woman. Now I already know she's incredible, but I just kept looking at her thinking, what? And she started the first, you know, a couple of days when you're in a different place, in a big city, in a different culture, you're a little bit sort of like, ah. Before it was over, she's like, now how do you use that Uber app, Papa? Tell me how we get a car here so when I come back with my friends, we can do this. I want to learn it all so I can do all of it. I'm like, you can't do all of it. I'm like, you're a child. <laughs> you know, but I looked at it and I'm like, she could, she could do all of this. She doesn't need, even need me to do this, which was one of the things I wanted her to know from the trip, right? Is ordinary people do this all the time, but then it was happening. We raise our kids to move away from being dependent on us. That is a part of the assignment of parenting, right? Help them learn to be independent. But what we want them to really learn is move from being dependent on me, child, to being dependent on our Father. I will not be able to meet all your needs for the rest of your life, but we serve a Father who can. There's honey in the rock and water in the stone and manna on the ground everywhere you go. Don't ever forget, this is a God who meets our needs. What a gift for our kids to know that God. Listen, friends, all of us, all of us are passing on something we love to someone we love. That's how the world works. It's a beautiful thing. But do not forget, there's nothing more important for you to give to the next generation than an understanding of who God is and how God loves. <laughs> it's the love of God that holds everyone and everything together. And if we fail at this task, we will fail at the most important task given to our generation. What else can we know about this God that we want to pass on to our kids? This is a good one. <laughs> this is a game changer. God forgives us so we can forgive others. Friend, if you've ever done this forgiveness thing, if you've ever needed it, if you've ever given it to somebody, you know this changes everything. Your kid has already figured out probably in just a few years' time they'll figure out they're going to hurt somebody eventually and somebody's going to hurt them. 
And man, is that ever a challenging thing for a kid to come to grips with. When you start to see your kid's sort of innocence, you know, slip away that they realize there's hurt in the world and it's challenging, man, we carry stuff along with that hurt, you know? Whenever we've hurt somebody, we feel guilty. When somebody hurts us, we feel resentful. And then we start to carry those burdens and that baggage with us. This phrase of the Lord's Prayer, Father, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors is how God relieves us of guilt and God relieves us of resentment. (laughs) This changes everything. When you teach your kid to ask for forgiveness, to offer forgiveness, to accept forgiveness if somebody's giving it to them, every time we teach an entire sermon on forgiveness, people in this church respond to it like almost no other subject. I think it's because we all need it and we all have somebody we need to give it to. This is real stuff, my friends. What a good God he must be who would want us to live in forgiveness, right? How beautiful is that? By the way, I'll talk about this a little bit more in a moment. There is no better way, however, for your child to pick this up than for them to see it in your life. You're going to hurt your kid. Isn't that a hard thing to deal with when you see how sometimes in the face of your child you've hurt them in some way? Ask your child for forgiveness when you hurt them. It's not always an easy thing to do, but it's more important even than just getting things right with you and your kid. It's about showing your kid this is who God is. He forgives us so we can forgive each other. Would you please forgive me? I'm so sorry that I hurt you in that way. And then teach them to ask for your forgiveness, accept forgiveness, offer forgiveness in your home life. There is no better way for this to happen for your kids than for them to experience the power of forgiveness first at home and they will see it from God. The next thing we see that he wants for us in this prayer is that this is a God who helps us do what's right. And again, what a gift is that? Because sometimes doing the next right thing feels almost impossible. He says, lead us not into temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. By the way, that's a good thing for your kids to know. You don't have to be embarrassed or ashamed of your temptations because every other human's had the same ones, right? And sometimes they don't know that if we don't tell them. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand when you're tempted. He will show you a way out so you can endure. God will not lead you into temptation. He will lead you from it, however. And our kids need to know that he can do that, that he's a good God who's aware of their temptations and he meets them in the middle of it. Here's the seventh thing that we see in the next phrase. God will protect us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Curious. How many of you think it's probably harder to raise kids now than it was 20 years ago? Anybody? Yeah. I was raising kids 20 years ago, and I would probably raise my hand on that. Now, I know that's subjective. We can't necessarily objectively prove that. Here's what we do know. Evil is present with us in the world, amen? The evil that was present 20 or 30 years ago, oh, it's still present. Maybe part of what complicates it today is that evil is more accessible than it's ever been. I don't know. But here's what I do know. You will not always be able to be with your child whenever evil is present with them. Sometime your child will be present with evil and they will face evil and you will not be there except in your prayers. And it's a really hard thing for a dad or a mom to accept is that limitation. You know who can be with them when they face evil? Our Father. Our Father in heaven is always with them, and he will protect them, 
and he will deliver them if that's what they really want because he cares about them even more than you do, dad and mom, and they need to know that this is a God who loves them this much that he will deliver them from evil. One other thing. God wants us to be with him forever. What a good God he must be to want us, me, are you kidding, to be with him forever? Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. How long? Forever. You know what kids need to know? At some point along life's journey, they need to understand that as good as this life can be and as bad as it can be, it's just the first part. There's an even better part coming, and your life is a forever life. Forever you are caught up in God's kingdom. Forever you are part of his family. God's doing something in this world right now that is going to last forever, and we can live with forever in view. I want our kids to know that. Our kids need to know that. Listen, friends, we all pass on something we love to someone we love. <laughs> all kinds of things, favorite hobbies. Uh, you pass on your favorite um, word you say when you hit your thumb with the hammer. <laughs> you pass on favorite food. You pass on favorite traditions. All kinds of things that you have in your life, you're going to pass on to someone you love, and it starts a lot of times with children. Let me just say this. There's nothing more important for us to give to the next generation than to know who God is and how God loves. It is the love of God that holds everything in this world together, and if we fail to give them that, we have failed at the most important task. May our generation hand off to all these precious kids what they need most. Now let me kind of wrap it up with this. You know this, but I'm going to say it. I want you to hear me. Our children will not really get our father if they don't see us living in God's family. They probably aren't going to understand hallowed be your name if they don't see your life centered on a relationship with God. I doubt they'll really believe the words, your kingdom come, your will be done, unless they see you committed to living out God's dream for your life. It's hard to teach kids to pray, give us today our daily bread, if they don't see us trusting God for all of the necessities of life. It's hard for us to say to our kids, forgive us our debts, if what they actually experience is the resentment that we're holding towards them or somebody else. If we don't let our kids off the hook, it's hard to believe God's going to let them off the hook. We can't say, lead us not into temptation, while what our children see is us flirting with it. Deliver us from evil doesn't mean much if we're not living with integrity. And you can't teach that yours is the kingdom forever unless they see that God's kingdom is the most important reality in your life. Most things that are good and beautiful and true are caught more than taught. Isn't that right? We can say it all day long. <laughs> but our faith is something we hand off by living it doesn't mean it's not important to learn words, but it's not the words that are nearly as important as it is what people see in the daily life that we put in front of them. It's why we're spending so much time on the Sermon on the Mount these days, by the way. We think that Jesus gives us an incredible picture of what life will be, but what life can be right now. And so we're going to be hanging out there for a while. 
We get to live it. We get to share it. We get to pass it on. And I look at all these precious littles in this room right now. There's a whole building full of them next door. It'll be full of them again at the next hour. We've been doing parent-child dedications lately. I think I was told this week we got two more that are coming up in the next few weeks. God has blessed our church with little children. Amen? He's blessed our community with little children. Our world is full of children. Our church has a deep commitment to give every one of those children we can a better story. And friends, it starts with them knowing this is who God is. This is how God loves. I talk to people all of the time who don't know who God is. They think they do. They use his name. But when they start describing him to me, I'm like, I don't even recognize that God. <laughs> That's not the God that we see in the Lord's Prayer. They need to know this is who God is. And a church like ours needs to be faithful to share this is who God is, and this is how God loves. It's the most important task we have. So much goodness tucked into this little prayer from Jesus. Um, I want us to do this before we go. Could we pray that prayer together again? And with uh, maybe these last few moments under our belts, those words so familiar, might have a little different ring to them as you're carrying along all of this goodness about our God. Would you pray it with me? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as you also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We all pass on something we love to someone we love. There's nothing more important for us to pass on than for our children to understand who God is and how God loves. It is the love of God that holds everyone and everything together. And if we fail at this, we fail at the task that matters most. Meadow Heights, listen to me. May we be faithful to teach the next generation and show the next generation what it looks like to live in love like Jesus. Amen? Yeah, that is our greatest task for sure.